Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car. Here's where we do our uh, spiritual warfare training on Mondays. Uh, got my partner Eddie. Hi, Eddie, how you doing, my friend? How's your weekend? Good morning, great brother. How are you? Reporting good, good. Duty, sir. All right, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to hear. Hey, just a few things before we start the show. Just want to mention that uh, Mike Pence has dropped out of the pe- pre- presidential race. Former Vice President Mike Pence is no longer running for president, <clears throat> and uh, he he said this over the weekend at a Republican Jewish Coalition annual leadership meeting. He says. After much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Now, the reason he suspended is because nobody wants him. Okay, that's the truth, Mike Pence. Thank you very much. Also, Israel strikes Gaza from land, air, and sea. The, the, the Israeli military has been striking Gaza from land, air, and sea since Friday. <clears throat> the, the strikes largely cut uh, two to 3 million people in Gaza off from the world on Friday with, with some communications restored early Sunday. The health ministry in Hamas-ruled Gaza says a Palestinian death toll has passed 7,700 people, with most of the dead being women and children. Again, I don't, I don't know that all of this is true. You, you just don't, don't know from Middle East reporting or left reporting. Also, Andrew Cuomo, former Democratic New York governor, said during a Friday interview with Bill Maher, that President Joe Biden should face a 2024 primary. He, see, he said, I think there should be a Democratic primary, Cuomo said. I don't know that candidate Biden is the strongest candidate that we can put up, and frankly, I doubt it. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. And yes, Ohio, the, Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to mention very quickly as you're kind of recapping some of the information there. You know, uh, with my confirmation, confirmation students that are about that age, what I'm telling them is to prepare, Jess, and we should be praying for them because things are heating up. And I think yes. that at some point they might institute the draft again. And if that's the case, you know, there's people that might have to go that, that we're not counting on going. That's not in their immediate future. So I would say that, uh, you know, prayer uh, on our behalf is uh, is is a right thing to do because uh, you never know when some of these kids might just be plucked out of our society to go help uh, in the Middle East somewhere. Yeah, good idea. In fact, last night here at my parish, Our Lady of Guadalupe, I led a, a prayer. Uh, every month we're praying for the peace in the world for, for, the, for the end of war. And last night we had a pretty packed church and we just we prayed what's called the Patriotic Rosary. I lead it once a month at the end of the month. So I'll be announcing those for those people who live here in the Phoenix Diocese. I think every parish uh, should be doing something like that, at least a monthly gathering of, of serious Catholics and praying, praying for world peace, just like Father Frank Payton taught us to do so. Uh, in fact, Pope Francis actually consecrated the world on October 27th, and he consecrated the church and the world to the Blessed Virgin Mary in a Eucharistic Adoration Prayer Vigil for, for Peace in St. Peter's Basilica uh, amid the ongoing Israeli-Hamas war in the Holy Land. Pope Francis implored Mary to intercede for our world in danger and turmoil and to and convert those who fuel and foment conflicts. So that was a great thing that the Pope did. Eddie, I want to say something good. Something good happened in your neck of the woods. I just want to mention it. I've got bits and pieces of it. At the San Fernando Library, apparently they were going to start uh, doing some type of drag, drag queen story hour. 
and a lot of Catholics and Protestants descended upon the San Fernando Library in in a peaceful protest. And apparently, uh, I've, I've been getting texts from people here and there that they were able to at least stop it uh, this time around. Doesn't mean that they're not going to try again, but they were able to uh, to stop this uh, transgender uh, you know, program from being instituted in the San Fernando library. Do you know anything about it? Yes, I was uh, text some uh, links and I, I, I was not able to attend, but I did uh, get on the links and it, it was very powerful. You had people praying, you had people uh, uh, that were there to just stop that drag queen story hour and uh, they were successful. That's the, the best part about it. Yeah. And um, I think just that uh, there was a lot of people from, uh, from uh, St. Didicus there, from my parish. And so, uh, you know, God bless them. There was a, there was, and there was a Protestant and a Catholic element there. So that helped too. So um, it was, it was, it was great. Just the, uh, like you said, put it off temporarily, but we're going to have to watch uh, what, what the future holds for us there. Yeah. Cause I heard that you have a, well, just like in every city council, you have leftist homosexuals pretty much in every city council. And I heard, I heard that you guys have one in the San Fernando city council. So, but that's good. Catholics, Protestants united together, peacefully protesting. You guys were able to stop uh, the dra- the drag queen story hour from being implemented at the San Fernando Library. By the way, that's the library that I grew up in. Anytime I ever went to the library, that's the one I went to to check out books. So I'm glad you guys were able to spare the library that kind of nurtured me in my in my formative years. <laughs> yeah, just, I think the books have changed a little bit since then. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's the same place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. While speaking about books changing, we're going to change to the Liber Crystal Method, a field manual for spiritual combat. <clears throat> it's a book written by Dr. Dan Schneider. He's on Father uh, Chad Ripperker's exorcism team. Th- these are the lectures, the, the actual lectures of Father Chad Ripperger and Kyle Clement that have been working together in the field of exorcism for 17 years together. It's like Batman and Robin, Father Chad being Batman, Kyle being Robin. These are their lectures. It was actually uh, Father Ripperger and Kyle that uh, they were they were actually the founding members, the five founding members of the uh, of the Pope Leo the Thirteenth Institute of Exorcism in Mundelein Seminary. Kyle, Father Ripperger, and three other priests, Father McManus and, and two others, uh, Father Monsignor SF and one other, they were the founding members. And so let's Dan is now going to talk about the ministry of guardian angels, how how important that is and that's why as Catholics, you should be praying to your guardian angel every morning and every evening. That's what I do in the morning. One prayer in the morning to my guardian angel in the evening and when I step on a plane or when I drive in a car. And so Dan writes, again, Dan's a, a military officer, retired. And so he writes with this military background. But I think I think it appeals to a lot of men. And I don't know what you think about that. I think it, yeah, you know, just this right. whole military style, the whole military style that he wrote this book in very much attracts a man because it just appeals to the uh to the um the military man you know the man that's yeah, got yeah, yeah. Uh, some some uh uh in his life there's there's some origin regiment and uh yeah that's yeah. what it appeals to yeah right there's structure there's order there's ritual uniformity there's just everything that appeals to a man he says every ranger has a ranger buddy on the team to help him through the rigorous training this fellow ranger helps carry your load when you're down looks out for you and there's and and there and is and is there when things get hardest and darkest in military language he has your six the six refers to the six o'clock position on the dial meaning your back 
or what is behind you and what you cannot see. God has given you a guardian angel as your ranger buddy. As Jesus said, for I say to you that their angels in heaven always look upon the face of my heavenly father. Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. The catechism states about angels. It says from, from its beginning until death, human life is surrounded by their watchful care and intercession Beside each believer stands an angel as a protector and shepherding and shepherd leading him to life. Already here on earth, the Christian life shares by faith in the blessed company of angels and men united in God. Uh, I mean, the best thing I like about that uh, is that he backs it up with scripture. And I like I like the the fact that way Dan wrote that God has given you a guardian angel as your ranger buddy. That just that brings a lot of comfort to me. And, you know, just that's that that is obviously a steeped in reality, because even on, on, on law enforcement during my academy days, you always had somebody with you at the range that was, uh, you know, placing your shots, was telling you the outcome of your shots. And so we do. We have a ranger buddy. And, and, and spiritually, those are our guardian angels. That's what he's saying here. Yeah, I like that. Go ahead and jump on the next paragraph. Part of an angel's mission is to fight off demons whom St. Peter refers to as a roaring lion in 1 Peter 5.8. Listen to the words of the psalmist, for, the, for he commands his angels with regard to you, to guard you wherever you go. With their hands they shall support you, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You can tread on, upon the, uh, the asp and the viper, Trample the lion and the dragon. That's Psalms 91, 11, 13. Something interesting about Psalm 91. That's a that that's the a Jewish exorcism psalm. It's been used since the days of David and Solomon for a thousand years before Christ. And it's not a coincidence that that's the psalm that the devil deployed against Jesus, kind of like it was an insult, because that's the psalm that Jewish exorcists would deploy to, to drive demons out of the possessed. And the devil uses that exorcism psalm against our Lord. Yeah. Yeah. What what stronger what stronger verse to use in that particular one? Yeah. It goes on, Jess. It says the Greek word angelos means messenger, and far superior to us, they serve as messengers of God to communicate His plan of salvation and will for us. Thus, as purely spiritual creatures, angels have intelligence and will. They are personal and immortal creatures, surpassing in perfection all the visible uh, creatures uh, as the splendor of their glory bears witness. In other words, just watch the movie Nefarious, and if you want to see the difference between the intellect, because they're pure intellect, they don't have a body. If you want to see the difference between the intellect of a fallen angel and a smart psychiatrist from uh, you know an Ivy League university, you saw in that movie the way the demon Nefarious just tied him into a pretzel intellectually. We have we can't match them. They're pure intellect, uh, and and uh, they have their reasoning processes and their intellect is illuminated far far brighter than any human being on planet Earth. Uh, and so that's why the Catholic Church in her wisdom, Mother Church, says don't talk to demons or don't talk to agents of demons like brujas, sorcerers, witches, wizards, shamans, etc. We'll be right back. Continue our training. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 69, verse 2. That's the flagship verse for Jesus 911. Every single one of us, whether whether you're, uh, you know, Five or 105, every single one of us needs to call in the name of Jesus daily. He is our refuge. He is, our, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man goes to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. We're talking about the garden, ministry of guardian angels in relation to the person. <clears throat> Anybody that's listening right now that's diabolically afflicted, and many of you are, because I get emails, and as I travel the country, I mean, uh, people that are possessed come up to me all the time because of this show. Because they say, Jesse, thank you. I'm seeing Father so-and-so, the diocesan exorcist here. I'm in my 13th session. Jesse, I'm seeing Father so-and-so, the exorcist from this diocese. I'm on session number seven. They watch this show. You know why? Because they're getting answers. We have a lot of priests that listen to this show and a lot of people that are diabolically afflicted at different levels. Oppressed, possessed, obsessed. That Watch the show because we're giving people tools on how to heal. Today... What we're talking about is anybody, whether you're, whether you're diabolically afflicted or not, you need to start having a, a, a relationship with your guardian angel. And what I mean by that is start praying to him every day, morning, before you go to bed, when you jump on a car or jump on a plane, or, or you're, you're in a, you're in a, you know, you're, you're, you're in somewhere where you feel like, wow, I don't know, I feel danger around here. I got two uh, sons that are cops, and both of them have told me, they go, Dad, when I feel that I'm in danger or I'm going to a hot call or something, I just start in my mind, start praying the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. Well, I taught them that as kids, so now that's their default position. They're going to a hot call. They're in a pursuit. They're going to do a high-level dangerous arrest warrant. They, in their mind, they start doing the St. Michael the Archangel, or they're calling their guardian angel. So that's the point that we're making here. The angels were given to help us, but too many Catholics say their angels are unemployed because they don't know this information. Yes, a lot of people have a very powerful guardian angel, but they don't employ them. They don't uh, They don't give them their, their due, and they don't pray to them. So therefore, yeah. you have, like you said, a lot of these guardian angels are, are sitting there waiting to be asked to come to their aid, and they're not doing it. So I think that I would have rather, in my career, I would have rather started off much earlier than I did by invoking guardian angels, but that didn't come till later because as I began to learn my faith, I realized how necessary that was. So that's what we have to do, Jess. We have to empower not only policemen like your sons, right, right. Uh, but I think that uh, everybody needs to do this. We have, That's how we help catechize the uh, the population. Amen. Eddie, and I like the last paragraph that I read where it said that angels surpass us in perfection, surpassing in perfection all visible creatures. Again, uh, what does that mean? Is that uh, they're they're of of a higher nature than we are, okay? We're of a lower nature than they are. And that's why, by the way, just kind of on a side, on, on a tangential issue... That's why as a Catholic, you can't name your guardian angel. Sometimes people tell me, Jess, my guardian angel revealed his name to me. I said, well, don't mention it and don't repeat it and don't call him that way. Why not? The Vatican's also actually came out with a document under uh, Joseph Ratzinger and John Paul II. It's a CDF document where the church says, don't name your guardian angel because it could be a demon you're talking to. Because a demon can tell you, hey, 
Jess, my name is uh, Tommy. It's Tommy. Call me Tommy. I'm your guardian angel. And it's a demon. So here I am having a relationship with a demon who poses as my guardian angel. So, and you can't name your guardian angel also because in theology, the lower, something of lower nature cannot name something of higher nature. That's why you see in the book of Genesis, God gave Adam and Eve dominion because they're of a higher nature, humans, to name the animals, give them their name because they're of a lower nature. The higher can name the lower, the lower can never name the higher. You can name your dog, you can name your cat, your cat and dog can't name the baby, can't name a human. And so angels of a higher nature than we are, we can't give them a name. So let's go on the next paragraph, Eddie. Yeah. No, no, yeah. What happens just when this this occurs is that that's a spirit of deception, deceiving somebody that's afflicted. They may not even know they're afflicted, yeah. but if the guardian angel refer, uh, reveals their name to you, that's one of the reasons uh, why. Because there's a demon of deception that's trying to trick you into thinking that. Okay, we go on. As Father Ribberger notes, angels help man in attaining heaven, both in directing man's actions to to the good and also to free man from that which impedes him from heaven they are also called guardian angels because the ultimate effects of their custody is man's salvation Mm. in his assignment to watch your six your guardian angel has several principal tasks that include the following number one ward off danger of body and soul number two strengthen you in times of temptation Three, illumine holy thoughts and desires. Four, offer prayers to God. Number five, correct you after sin. Number six, help at your hour of death. And number seven, the final one, conduct your soul to heaven and or purgatory, where it's consoled there. Wow. uh, What an advantage we have as Catholic Christians to know all this, Eddie. And to, and to apply it into our lives. Most most human beings on planet Earth walking around, what you just read right now, they don't know that. They don't know that they have a, a spiritual being at their side watching their six that offers these seven things. They don't know that. And so they they, they, they kind of life live life, you know, ho- hopeless and aimless, uh, not realizing that we have somebody uh, walking with us from this life into the next life until our particular judgment. Yes, and, and many many of the things that they they despise about the Catholic Church, uh, the images that we have, the images that we use, yeah. are of angels. Now, nobody's seen their guardian angel unless it's a rare, rare case, but uh, we know that they're there, and that's the thing. They, they despise that, and that keeps them away from this very awesome, holy teachings that they should be having, and their pastors will be responsible for later on for this. Yes, Ryan, Exactly. Uh, here's something I'll just something interesting from scripture. Uh, one of the things that especially sometimes men are turned off when you talk about angels because they'll go, you know, they see a lot of like statues or pictures of like baby angels, baby chubby angels. And I will tell you this, that nowhere in the Old or New Testament do you find baby chubby angels, what they call cupids. Uh, every time an angel is shown in the Bible, they look like giants, giants. And every time an angel is shown in the Bible, not only are they giants, uh, they're so awesome looking, so 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 amazing, so imposing, so fearsome looking that everybody confuses them for God. They fall down on their face. They said, oh, no, that's God. Then the angel will say, hey, I'm not God. I'm an angel. Stand up. So every time an angel manifests himself, 
And it's described in the Bible. They're described like soldiers. They're described like warriors, and they're described as giants. So just, uh, you know, the, the whole thing, guys, about baby chubby angels, that's not biblical. That's just simply, that's, that's simply new age, Christ, sometimes it's Christian art. Let's continue. Uh, it says here, your angel does not see things or communicate in the same way as you do. According to Thomistic understanding of the human person, the human intellect understands concepts through abstraction by means of images or phantasms in the imagination which can then assist the person to gain a more perfect insight into a particular thing. This is different than how the angels know and communicate, which is by direct illumination or projection. They prompt us with good temptations by placing images and concepts in the imaginations. They cannot read our minds or know the future, nor can they infuse things directly into the higher intellect. They nonetheless help our intellection by prompting us via phantasm so that we engage with the natural light of reason. Thus, they influence our thoughts indirectly so as to prompt us to assent to the truths of the Catholic faith and also to choose the good. So just like we say that demons, uh, they project evil temptations, guarding angels or your angels project good temptations as well. So you have projections coming from both. And the word projection uh, as it's used in Catholic philosophy, it just means it just simply means to to send forth. That's what that's what it means. So when we say that angels project, it means they send forth. When we say prayers projection, we mean we send it forth. That's all it means. It's kind of like uh, the barrel of a gun sends forth a bullet. That's projection, and this is the way uh, angels and demons communicate. And they're and and so the whole thing about the cartoon, a good angel. The, uh, an angel on one shoulder and a demon on another shoulder. That's actually Catholic theology. You can actually read that in St. Thomas, where he talks about that you have both of them here that are constantly projecting into the mind suggestions and phantasms and locutions and images. The angel is trying to promote virtue and the demon is trying to promote, promote vice and sin. So let's continue, Eddie. Yes. The fallen angels or demons... Uh, also retain their angelic nature and likewise can project a phantasm, a phantasm or uh, an image of the, of the imagination so as to manipulate against the good and the holy. While the demon cannot act directly upon the human intellect or will, he does have access to the body and subsequently the imagination, memory, and emotions. That's important, Jess. So they have, uh, uh, they consequently have uh, uh, effect on our imagination, our memory, and our emotions. Father Ritberger, following St. Thomas Aquinas, shows how they can only cause a phantasm which has something prior, ha has something prior in the memory, i.e., uh, they must use prior sense data. This is significant in that the demons can only use uh, as the source of uh, temptation the data stored in the memory. By merging, distorting, and manipulating a person's memory, however, they can project various images into the imagination so as to distort the reality of past events, uh, other people, objects, etc. This is why the wisdom of the church is always saying, take custody of your mind, take custody of your eyes. Because everything that you take in your eyes or in your ears, it's stored somewhere in your memory, your imagination, and your sense of memory. Like a, like, like a word file, just like a computer, you save word files. And so what happens, if you have a lot of filthy word files in the imagination, in the memory, demons, 
they have access, just like you get your mouse and you double click your word file and it opens up. The demon can can trigger the 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 sense memory data what you have in your memory and your imagination they can click some of those images that you have that's stored there and they open them up for example you could be at holy mass uh on your knees right before the consecration with your wife and kids and all of a sudden the demon says i'm gonna harass eddie i'm gonna harass jess and all of a sudden they open up an image of i don't know kim kardashian right during mass okay or you're praying the rosary the images that are stored in your mind that you've seen Demons have access to open those things up at the most inopportune times. That's why the, in the protocol, Father Ripperger calls for the, the person that's diabolically afflicted. They have to go through at least a 30-day media fast. Why? Because it cleans up everything that's in the mind. It, it, it del- and, and, and confession. Confession deletes everything that's in the, in the sense memory data. And then a media fast from everything for 30 days it kind of cleans up all the, the garbage, all the viruses that you've taken in through your eyes and ears, and now you, we can proceed with the with the, liber, the, the liberation. Yes, you know this is this is why the, the, you know what you mentioned a bit ago is, is true. How beautiful we are to have the Catholic faith that that describes this to us. Because I don't think hold that thought, Eddie. I want to hear from you. Hold that thought, my friend. Okay, you got. Yeah, it. hold that thought. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. God, come to our assistance. Lord, make case to help us. Psalm 69, verse 2. That's the flagship verse for Jesus 911. Eddie had some thoughts about this whole thing about uh, uh, Father Ripperger's last, uh, his whole thing about, uh, uh, you know, kind yeah, of here behind the mind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah the data memory. So just this is what I was thinking, you know, uh, I'm sure that that, that uh, doctrine develops. And, and I think we didn't really understand all this that the church has come to describe for us until probably the recent few years. There was yeah. there was probably uh, seeds of this in, in, in Old Testament teaching. But but how beautiful it is to know what the demons have access to, because I personally tell me what you think, just. Yeah, um, I think that uh, we should have our kids do a, a, a maybe not a, a 30 day fast from it, but maybe one or two days fast so they could get a lot of this stuff out of their head because this is what's affecting them mm. as adults. They'll come back later and they'll tell us stuff mm. that, oh, I remember this when I was a kid or, or this happened to me when I was a kid. And 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 so these things that are stored in the memory, memory come out later. That's that's the danger of some of the evil stuff that they're looking at. Absolutely. And I'm going to prove to you in case somebody doesn't understand how this works the way the demons will trigger your emotions and your passions to get into the memory uh, and 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 look look at how the way this works think about for example if i listen to a song a love song from high school for example <laughs> that song eddie is going to transport my mind and my thoughts back to a certain place, a certain event, maybe a certain dance, maybe a prom, maybe a certain person that I was with. That song has the power through your emotions and your passions to transport you literally right back to that place back in the 70s or 80s. For me, it'd be the 70s. 
Uh, and, and so that's the power of the, and demons know that. They know that if they can trigger your passions and your emotions, they can get, enter into the memory. I just proved it to you. Just put a song that you, when you were in high school and just go into a room by yourself and, and put it on and blast it. And you tell me if you don't see all your friends from high school surrounding you, the ambiance, the football game, etc. That's the power of emotions to take to to tap into your long term memory what Father Ripperger calls the sense memory data. Just just listen to the station Yacht Rock. And you'll hear one of the songs that Jess is talking about right now. They play the same songs from that era over and over again. And uh, that's what happens every time, Jess. I mean, we all have that song. Um, so uh, remember remember that because that can transport you to a time that was not so spiritually beneficial to you, right? Not not so pure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, okay. go ahead, Daddy. Okay, so uh, one area of access to the imagination is a data storage of the memory, and it's a uh, concomitant. What's the word? Con con concomitant, concomitant emotion. Yeah, it means that it means that it's connected. The data storage, memory, and your emotions are connected, and and I showed you the connection, the way it happens. Yeah, go ahead. For this reason, part of the logic of the 30-day withdrawal into the desert is to deprive the uh, demon of sensory images to use against you. This, in turn, has two principal benefits. It helps to purify the memory and calm the emotions. Emotions are subject to the senses, and the body cannot be trusted as an objective indicator of our relationship with God. That is to say, emotional satisfaction is not a reliable indicator of spiritual spiritual pro uh, progress. Let me make Thus, one comment. Let me make one yes. comment there. Eddie, this is classic. This is classic, the Protestant error. You'll see a lot of Catholics will say, oh, Jess and Eddie, I left the Catholic Church because I didn't feel nothing. And now I'm going to Good Book Fellowship because I feel something. Oh, I like the music. It touches my emotions. This is exactly what the demon wants you to do. He wants you to base your Christianity based on emotions. That way you're an easy victim. He can manipulate easy. We are followers of Christ because of objective truth. We know that Jesus Christ, because his word says it and he promises and he can't lie, that he comes down into bread and wine and changes it into his body, blood, soul, and divinity. We go to the Catholic Church or the Catholic Mass because it's objectively real what happens, whether you feel it or not. And that's how we're being saved. That's why we be, before Holy Communion, we say, Lord, uh, I am not worried that you should come under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. You want the healing of the soul? You need to be receiving Holy Communion every Sunday for the rest of your life, not jumping around at Calvary Chapel, raising your hands over the air and dancing like uh, Matachina. That, that's just an emotional, uh, 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 that's not Christianity, Eddie. Yes. Here's an important thing. In Ephesians chapter 6, you know, you, you described it. It describes the current battle going on for the church triumphant, even though it's happening for the church, uh, the church triumphant, for it's happening to the church militant. So the battle in heaven between good and evil is still going on. It has not yet been resolved, Jess, and this is what you're talking about, is we have to connect to the, uh, uh, to the things that are happening in heaven uh, that are, even though they're not yet resolved, yeah. For the church militant, they are resolved for the church triumphant. Amen. Eddie, where you were at? 
Yes, so it says here thus, we also encourage you to ignore all mystical phenomena because they because these can be easily mimicked by a demon, especially uh, where there are deep emotional wounds in a soul. As an exercise to explain how this concept works, uh, as its memory, a very painful experience from your past. No, I think, you, I think you, you, you skipped the sentence there. Go back there, I think. As it applies uh, to, as, yeah. as, an as it applies to, to liberation. Right there was this, as an exercise to explain how this concept works oh. as it applies to liberation. You, you jumped at that sentence. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, I'll, that's, that's what I thought. So yeah. I'll go on to the next. This may be the death of a loved one, abandonment, divorce, sexual abuse, etc. As that memory becomes more vivid and detailed, notice the emotions that also arise. You may notice flushes of anger, a, sh a shame, fear, resentment, lust, or guilt. Once the memory and emotions are co-present in your mind, try to separate or disappropriate the emotion from the memory. This is not an easy task because the memory is imbued with the emotion related to the perception of the actual event. The recalling of a memory, therefore, also brings the emotions previously associated with it. Even positive emotions like nostalgia or, or delight accompany good memories. When painful memories are not fully integrated by a willful act of thinking with the suffering of Christ, however, they present an acute spiritual vulnerability. Since and demons have access to our memory through the images pre present there, they can manipulate the, our emotions by triggering a memory and distorting those images. With the emotion present in the imagination, they can uh, then project phantasms, images, uh, even false perceptions of, the, of an event itself into the imagination. Once you appropriate that emotion, the demon can begin to manipulate your thoughts via the imagination. The demon may even project thoughts seemingly voiced with your own interior speech. Mm. This means that that's you can dangerous. have difficulty. Yeah, and that, that means you can have difficulty discerning your own self-talk, your own prayer, and the discernment of the will of God from diabolic locutions. This is why the custody of the mind that is gained through the reordering of the life to prayer in this protocol is essential to liberation. Eddie, we have a whole cottage industry of people on the internet. They're saying... Uh, you know, listen to me. The Lord is speaking to me. Our lady just spoke to me. I got a podcast coming up. Listen to me. God, God is giving me a message. You have to listen to me. Or God spoke to this person. You have to listen to that person. Our lady spoke to them. There is a whole cottage industry in Catholicism of people that declare that they're hearing voices from God or our lady. The problem with that is just this chapter that we just read from Liber Christo is that Father Ripperger says that's the easiest thing for a, demi, a demon to imitate our voices. It's called locutions. Yeah, you probably are hearing something. It's demonic. Uh, th the fact is, uh, this is why Father says you have to reject all mystical phenomena. You have to ignore it. <clears throat> Possessed people come up to the parish and they say, I'm hearing this and they're telling me this and they're telling me that. And every morning at three o'clock, they tell me this and that. The Liber Crystal team will say, okay, Starting now that we're going to start your healing process, you got to reject all these voices. Shut them off. Quit repeating what you hear. A lot of this is just your own voice projected with that of a demon as well. And so 
the only way for a person to start on the road to healing, they got to shut down completely all this mystical phenomena. And by the way, what, what they're saying here, the Liber Cristo team, this goes back to St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Ignatius of the Loyola. They tell you, shut down mystical phenomena. Don't pay attention to these voices. Most of these voices are demonic. And of course, they're going to tell you a lot of truth so they can, so they can make you deviate and go down the wrong path. And Eddie, that's the big problem with a lot of people that are that are pe- patients or penitents, is that they're there telling the team members and the priests and and, and, and Father and the demon. I mean, and, and my angel told me this, or God told me this yesterday, and last week God told me this, and God told me that. Stop it! Time to get into prayer, and time to get into a media fast, and 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 reject all these voices that you're hearing. That's a, 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 a big part of the liberation from Liber Cristo. Just we've even been kind of deceived by some of these people because we've had people that were uh, uh, delivered, essentially, that came back and they were, they were singing beautiful songs and they were trying to convince us that, that they, were, they, were, uh, they had been liberated. They were no longer uh, possessed by a demon or, or partially possessed. Uh, by a demon and that they were even singing songs that their angels were giving them beautiful um, melodies to sing just we've been through that where it's been a deception it wasn't true and and this is how far the demons can take us when we allow them to to uh, deceive us mentally and spiritually that's right you're listening to jesus 911 my partner eddie Childs, myself we're going through the uh, liber crystal method a, f- a field manual for spiritual combat we're talking about Memory, imagination, um, uh, sense memory data, uh, the, the role of the diabolical. We'll continue on this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, welcome to the fullness of truth. This is uh, Catholic evangelization at its finest. We're talking about the, every single week on Monday here, we're going through the Liber Crystal training. So some of, and, and people really appreciate that. I was at Modesto this week and dozens of men came up to me. They go, we follow you guys every single Monday uh, we're what we're going through the book as you guys read it and explain it to us, and it's making a lot of sense. So uh, there's a lot of people out there that are really enjoying this program around the country. I was in Austin, Texas, tested two weeks ago. A bunch of guys came up to me, say we're following you guys every Monday. Keep it up. Uh, so uh, yeah, Eddie, this is like a this is like an internet classroom because uh, especially this appeals to men because a lot of men we want to make sure that we're doing spiritual warfare correctly. And because just we have it in our nature to protect our families. That's why we do it too. Yes. All right, Eddie. Uh, Continue, brother. Okay. uh, While demons, correct? Yep. While while demons may know your past, they do not know your future. They do, however, attempt to stir up the memory to elicit up emotional response from you. Thus, when emotions are high and we are interiorly unstable or unrested, they then project a new version of, of the memory into the imagination. The more a person dwells on the past, the more demons come to work in distorting the memory. 
one of the first emotions which the demon projects to, uh, uh, is shame with the rest of the cluster close behind. Embarrassment, self-accusation, worthlessness, self-condemnation, and humiliation, which directly uh, militates against uh, our core identity as beloved children of God. Accordingly, we affirm that emotions are part of being human and valid human experiences, and not every emotion is diabolically influenced. Nonetheless, a high emotionality can present a vulnerability to the soul. This is to say, the demon is attracted to emotionally charged situations and events. For this reason, self-mastery over the emotions by custody of the mind is essential to interior freedom. The adversary, the adversary circles around emotionally charged events. I think the big takeaway there, Eddie, is for me, it's custody of the mind. Custody of the mind. We have to watch what we allow into the mind. Uh, we have to guard our... That, that's why St. Paul talks about put on the helmet, helmet of salvation. Why is he saying that? Well, what does a helmet cover? The head. And, and, and where do we say that the, the mind is at? It's, you know, it's in the head somewhere, okay? It's in, within the synapses, the brain. That's where the mind is at. That's what it means to, to cover yourself with the helmet of salvation, is to guard your mind. That's simply what it means. Eddie, comments? Yes, I would think that... Uh... I'll tell you, because I, I've concluded that uh, men, being the more visual of the two sexes, uh, can be more susceptible to some of the visual memory and the distortions that the demons project, right? Absolutely. Even Dennis Prager said this. So he was talking about Dennis Prager, uh, a conservative uh, Jewish uh, radio host. He was talking once about, about how men can be... Uh, uh, led on by their visual by their visual weakness and he he just said some things like he said what about if you think of a calf a calf a c-a-l-v-e uh the upper portion of, of somebody's leg mm -hmm. uh not a big deal but if we take that calf and place it into a high-heeled shoe it can be a totally different meeting just uh, especially uh. for men and that's yeah. that's i think the one of the things we have to be uh, careful of like you said custody of the mind very important yeah, we're, men are hardwired to be more visual than women. Women are more emotional. Women like to be told things. Men like to see things. And that's yes. why I think that's why I think St. Joan of Arc said, she said, all battles are first won or lost in the mind. St. Joan yeah. of Arc. Yeah. <clears throat> Going over here to uh, uh, your ranger buddy, your guardian angel is the only one type of angel. There are myriads of types of angels with various missions working within their specific order and choir. Exorcists and theologians have long wrestled with how to categorize angels and demons. According to St. Thomas, each angel, glorified or fallen, is unique. That is, each is his own species, which makes categorizing them, demons, a nearly impossible task. They do, however, tend to work in clusters that hover around human emotions, particularly where vice is present. For purposes here, note how a principal defect brings with it other concomitant vices and spirits. These in turn create vulnerabilities which attract certain demons. I just want to mention uh, one point here that will be helpful. is When you read the language of exorcist and, and the spiritual warfare writers, you'll find... The, when they talk about demons, they'll say 
Well, in possession, the demon is inside the body, or should I say, de- it's usually multiple demons. You'll also see the word in spiritual warfare that demons hover over, hover. Think about a helicopter. What does a helicopter do? It hovers over the city. Think about, uh, what are those, uh, those uh, drones? Think about what a drone does. It hovers over, you know, a house or a football field, whatever. And the third thing that you'll hear in spiritual warfare when, as it relates to demons is demons cling, cling. You know, like when you got static electricity in your clothes, it just came out of the washer or dryer and, and you get the static is clinging to it. Demons cling to persons. You can walk into a, a filthy uh, nudie bar with women pole dancing. You're going to, and you're in mortal sin. Trust me, a demon will cling to you and, and that clinging demon, you will take home with you. So those are the three ways that spiritual warfare writers will write. Possession, the demons are inside the body. That's the highest form of attack. They've broken into the, the interior castle. Uh, then you have the demons hover over. They follow you like a helicopter, like a drone all day. Or they cling to you. So go ahead, Eddie. Next paragraph. In this section, we begin the... Uh with the principle that angels go where they are asked and demons go where they are not resisted. I uh, guess I have to repeat this. This is a beautiful thing that, yeah, that uh, Dan sometimes says. So in this section, we begin the principle that angels go where they are asked and demons go where they are not resisted. Thus the demons work in clusters, uh, which build upon the human weaknesses, especially where there's no resistance or no resistance is given. Note how the defects in human formation attract evil spirits working within these groupings as if like unto like. Herein lies what is referred to as a symbiotic attraction between the wounded human and the fallen angel. And therefore, and there should be therefore, the need to identify areas of psychological compatibility is key to liberation. Thus, the more you uh, repair the defect in formation, the more you grow in holiness and the less the demon can influence you. Rather than an overly rigid schema of classification of angels and demons, I suggested elsewhere that this is better, uh, that it is better to see these clusters of spirits as in a paint wheel, which organizes paint colors within similar hues. This section contains abbreviated uh, versions, uh, Father Brickberger's book of minor exorcism, and is what exorcists use to determine the sin, vice, or spirit involved when dealing with cases of extraordinary diabolic affliction. What follows are the most common, um, but you will find a, a full list in Appendix C. As you read through these, ask your ranger buddy to identify the ones that you need work on. Uh, yeah, Jess, and I think that's the, one of the the... the uh, duties of a guardian angel is to let us know to communicate in some way and that's why it's always good to sit and sit in a church or sit in front of the blessed sacrament and let god talk to you because he sends his messengers yes. to angels to yes. let us know what we have to work on without that we we, we uh, might travel a whole lifetime without being able to know exactly what to ask for yeah and we'll you know we'll eventually get to uh, uh, section c which which no, uh, names about uh, 1000 over 1200 different types of demons and what they do, their functions. So we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Uh, you all, this this next one, Eddie, is a big one because I saw this in my in one of my brothers that you know, uh, the orphan spirit. 
uh, I, I saw this classic as I as I read this, and I thought about him. Thanks be to God that he's been healed. Uh, a common defect in many Christians today that exposes a soul to diabolic influences stems from what, what is referred to as an orphan lifestyle. The spirit exploits a lack of relationship with God the Father. The orphan spirit usually finds its roots in an independent or counterdependence that lifestyle based on a lack of experience of true divine filiation, that, that of one's true identity as a beloved son or daughter of God. This sense of fatherlessness and, and or motherlessness can lead to a lack of true identity, a sense of nowhere to call home. This spirit, called the orphan spirit, manifests itself in an inability to share negative feelings with others, overcompensating depression, a general dissatisfaction, and a restlessness or unsettledness. Other manifestations of this orphan spirit include inconsistency, rebellion, isolation, disconnectedness, shrinking back, powerlessness, comparing, impatience, disordered comforting of oneself through food, drink, or busyness, searching false self-image, and a lacking belief of a true inheritance with God. I saw this classically with one of my siblings, the orphan spirit, and it was because of the the, the the defective relationship that you have with 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 your father and with God the Father uh, will invite an orphan spirit, uh, and 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 you'll just fall into rebellion, isolation, depression. I saw this, I saw this in my family, and I saw this. I've actually seen this with two siblings, by the way. And uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. And, you know, the, one of the things is too. We have to add that there's an element of of uncatechesis in here, Jess. So yes. we were not properly formed in what precisely to believe in. And uh, you know, I mean, God forbid that we do that in my confirmation class with my my uh, guys that I'm teaching with, because you know what, you're always in a hurry. But you have to focus on those specific things that will help people to grow in their faith. And that's 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 the uh, that's our that's the message to do that. That's right. Well, Eddie, that's pretty much a wrap. Uh, I just want to remind people that uh, this Wednesday is the Holy Day of Obligation, All Saints Day. And as for tomorrow, use tomorrow as a day to evangelize. Okay? You know, here's what I would recommend some things as we wrap up the show. Um, do a perimeter prayer tomorrow around your property. Okay? pray. Walk around your property, bless it with holy water, do a perimeter prayer when the little ghouls and goblins start coming to your house at five or six, have the Gregorian chant playing in the background. Go to Mass that morning if you can. Do the Rosary of Divine Mercy. Hit all your prayers. Morning Divine Mercy, uh, 12 Noon Angelus. And also wear a Catholic t-shirt and a big St. Benedict's medal as you pass out uh, candy to the ghouls and goblins. And look at their little faces and tell them as you give them a handful of candy with your big St. Benedict's medal and your, back, and your big t-shirt that says, I'm proud to be Catholic. Tell them, God bless you. Jesus loves you. God bless you. As you put candy in the bag, use this as a moment to evangelize. Don't dress like Herman the Munster. Don't dress like uh, Eddie Krueger. Don't put skeletons in your yard. Act like a Catholic. Speak like a Catholic. And have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Keep the faith. We are over and out. End of watch. <laughs>